You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. Yeah, this is the Owl's Oil Show. This is Andrew Pizzicalis, and today we got CEO Luke Gavin, and we're going to be talking about the ins and outs of the hemp industry. How are you doing, my man? Hey, how's it going, Andrew? Good, brother. How are you doing today? Good. Just another, just another day in that hemp life. Absolutely, man. And talking about the hemp life, it's always very interesting, you know, because a lot of people don't really know that hemp essentially, you know, is part of the cannabis plant and things like that. And we wanted to take today's episode to, you know, highlight some information, almost calling it the Owl's Oils 101 on hemp episode. And why don't we have you talk about the hemp plant, its similarity to cannabis, and, uh, you know, how it's grown and things of that nature. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, look, I think hemp has come a long way since, since where it was three or five years ago where it was predominantly swag, right? You think of industrial hemp, it would never be something that you would have really considered to smoke. And now the genetics have come so far that it's almost indistinguishable now from uh, cannabis. Uh, that Again, the whole terminology is crazy. So I suppose I just sort of start off with that. I mean, um, cannabis is really just the best all-round term for whether it's defined as hemp. Hemp, we can look at it as like it's cannabis, but it has a lower amount of THC in this and a higher amount of CBD. Um marijuana or weed or cannabis with it's cannabis with high thc uh is what we would call basically marijuana now the stuff that gets you high and that's predominantly high in thc and low in cbd so those two are the main defining terms but really it's the exact same thing um yeah it's just it's it's just the definition the definition federally says it's different but Overall, the the main thing that's happened now is that there's just been a lot of improvements in the genetics and whether that is coming back to terpene profiles, whether that's coming back to certain cannabinoids being selected. Uh, big thanks to Oregon CBD. They are probably one of the leading genetics companies in the world. And I know this year, they have some CBDV genetics. And I mean, you know, three years ago, us even talking about a CBG strain or a CBDV strain is something that would have been unheard of. And yet here we are every year and there is new cannabinoids coming out and that allows us then to be able to isolate them and whether that's converting them or blending them. And it really allows us to go far deeper into the plant. Whereas marijuana, it's basically really all about the THC. And in terms of scale, THC isn't coming anywhere near the hemp boys. Like, So let me ask you a question then um, to define it. 
even though it's a similar plant, less THC, yep. when you grow it outside, right, in Oregon, talk about the legality. Uh, not everyone can do it, right? You one have to obtain a license and you don't really oh, yeah. you don't really feed the hemp plant the types of nutrients that one does uh, marijuana plants, right? Because then it would give it too much THC, actually, right? Something like that. Well, I'm not so. No, I'm like overall, it really comes back to the growers. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, we just visited Horn Creek Farms. They won first time, uh, first place in um, the High Times. A hemp cup that they just had uh, for their flower that was yeah. their lifter yeah nice and they also won i forget the name of this other competition but it's a triple blind competition with thc and cbd strains you don't get told the difference and their sour space candy took first place and that was the first time ever in like a thc dominant competition that hemp flower won wow yeah, well, because and, people sitting there smoking, they're already high. So at that point, do you really know, oh, did I get that high from that? You're I mean, in a cup, I'm wondering, how is it uh, possible? I mean, after uh, the first few joints, I mean, uh, you, you don't know that. I mean, how are you knowing the difference? If anything, it's just complimenting. You know, more more cannabinoids, the better. Um, sure. But, but coming back to your, your question there, uh, Corn Creek Farm specifically um, grows in a way what's called biodynamic. And biodynamic growing, they don't add anything really to the soil it's it's basically like you treat the whole environment as an ecosystem and rather than it looking like okay let's give all it's almost like you know hydroponics at that stage which means growing in water where it's like here's your medium oh. and we're just going to feed oh. it with nutrients and it's done whereas realistically that's not how you want to treat it you want your soil to be living you want it to be as regenerative as possible and ideally you want to use what's available around you whether that's you know beetles to to cat to eat all the the aphids whether that's owls to get rid of all the mice whether that's bees to pollinate whatever it is it's really about keeping the soil as healthy as possible now you can look into for instance in indoor growing very different story um, of course, you're going to be using a lot more nutrients and, and stuff like that. Um, but predominantly with hemp, I mean, it's it's more often than not set it and set it and forget it, especially if you're talking about like a 10, 20, 30 acre farm. You're not really going to be, you know, providing nutrients for all of that. And you mentioned the word regenerative. Why don't you explain what the hemp plant can do for soil that's contaminated. Yeah, so, I mean, everyone, at the, if you have never read uh, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, you should read that. It basically is by Jack Herrer, and it gives you all of the information that you would need to know about the hemp plant. And there's over, like, 30,000 different uses for the hemp plant, um, one of them being it's a bioremediator. That's what I was talking soil. about. So explain yeah. what that means. Uh, it basically means that the hemp plant will pull out, whether it's metals, radioactivity, whatever it is from the soil. And actually Chernobyl 
they planted a lot of hemp to help deal with all the uranium that wow. is in the soil. Now, once it does regenerate it and then pull that that stuff in, like let's say in Chernobyl, the that plant really can be processed or used you have to toss that's that your grade a smokable i mean that's your that's your top of the line smokable no of course not i i, I don't know what they do i don't they know what they do some with nuclear this. weed bro. yeah, that's yeah sure. this is the nuclear shit here what? <laughs> so oh. yeah i think uh I, I don't know what they do with it actually i mean i i don't know i i haven't really ever thought about what they do with it after the fact sure but Maybe it turns into something else, or and you, like you have got to do activity, and you have to do it a few times, like in that type of a situation, right? Yeah. It goes through a few yeah, seasons. I yeah, I was hearing a lot about Virginia as well. Was doing something like that with again using hemp to clear up just poor soil. Yeah, um, yeah, wrecked environments. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah that's just one of the thousands and i literally mean thousands of use for hemp uh same thing i think the oils and the smokable part of it is is a small part of it honestly like i think fibers is huge hemp plastics is going to be huge yeah um hemp, and hemp, all of hemp packaging right yeah hemp packaging like we use uh hemp plastic for our blunts um main thing is is that it biodegrades, biodegradable. Yeah, yeah, it will go yeah, into the yeah, ground. It's yeah. not going to sit there for my, thousands of years. My homegirl has all these hemp bio. She has paper mills and this. She does all these. I'll get you. Uh, I'll, get, I'll text you later on. The, her catalog is pretty dope. Yep. Everything she has by. It's all made for cannabis. She even has the, the vinyl, the little you know sleeve bags that you put the yep. bud in. Oh, nice. Hers has that is even biodegradable nice crazy the boxes even the containers and stuff she has it's crazy yeah and i think it's i think that's a big issue right now in the cannabis industry right that's not really talked about it's just how much how much plastic is one-time use and just thrown away and yet here we are trying to be like oh you know let us all grow marijuana and we're at the same time just creating a lot of pollution so i think the hemp industry really is I feel like the hemp industry is making a bigger impact than the tea, to be perfectly honest with you. The THC is predominantly, I feel, for getting people baked. And nothing uh -huh. wrong with yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, nothing, and, nothing wrong and, with and that. And what do you think about, I think this is very interesting, but people who are, you know, cigarette smokers and are smoking cigarettes, you know, that are filled with chemicals that give them kind of a high or a buzz, and yep. really good hemp flour definitely can give you, you know, uh, a, a buzz. Now, I'm not saying a psychedelic high, but sure. if one drank wheatgrass juice, right, sure. you're feeling a high. It's not a bad high. You're getting a boost of, you know, energy, things like that. I believe that hemp eventually can almost take over or dominate or if someone wants to get off of cigarettes switching to smoking hemp flour is so much healthier yeah i just my i suppose the main thing i wonder is is uh i don't know is it the act of smoking is it the or is yeah, it just addicted it's, but it's to, is it the, yeah addicted that's, to that's nicotine part of it. though right because you're not going to get your you're not going to get the your habit it's the habit Having yeah. it in your hand, smoking the smoke, 
yeah. taking that moment to de-stress or this or whatever the fuck it is. You know what I'm saying? Yep. When the mind is then trained, oh, wow, this is a much natural, more this, that, and I'm getting all these other benefits. Because with hemp, unlike a cigarette, there are a lot of benefits you get from smoking it without all of those added chemicals and everything else, right? Yeah, I mean, there's literally so many poisons in cigarettes, it's not even funny. There's even measurable amounts of plutonium, like in parts per million. It's absolutely insane. What? What? Yeah, yeah, like cigarettes are like, I mean, it's honestly laughable that like <laughs> cigarettes are even legal. You know, you talk about marijuana and it's like cigarettes are literally like 400,000 people a year die from smoking. And uh, we're like getting, oh my God, look at those guys with their vapes. It's like, come off it, sure. really. It's like, it's pretty clear that, you know, the tobacco is just causing so much harm. But I don't know. I think hemp will have its day. Yeah, that's what I think. You know what I mean? It's more and more, I think, is a great alternate to someone who wants to get off smoking cigarettes is to switch over to hemp pre-roll cigarettes. Yeah, and I think there's more and more of them coming out now. Um, there's definitely a lot of hemp cigarettes that are available now and becoming more and more commonplace. I just don't know if the... I'd be, it'd be great to see them change. I mean, I think it offers a great out for the tobacco industry, right? You're getting all this negative press. And, and Oregon, hemp, Oregon hemp and bud flower is so reasonable that you could be cheaper than what cigarettes are. Yeah, I mean, again, it goes back to taxes. The, the, sure. the taxes on the cigarettes are a whole different beast, I think, compared oh, to... Uh, crazy town. Compared to hemp. Depending so on what state what, you're in, too. It's fucking New York and shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Depending on what state it is. And then you have all these different genetics. But Oregon itself is one of the, I would say, larger booming hemp-growing and friendly states. And because of that, there is such a great access to ongoing products and things of that nature right yeah and, and at the end of the day i mean look you want your hemp to be grown by the people who are growing cannabis and between oregon and california i mean they're basically the ogs for the whole industry like you know if you want people who can grow cannabis you know generationally for you know decades 50 60 70 years you can get that in oregon you can get that in california and now a lot of those people have transitioned to hemp and it's fire, you know, it's like, and those soils have been looked after and where like Oregon, in my opinion, is the best climate in the world for growing cannabis, sure. uh, hemp, whatever way yeah, you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. And let's talk about the processing of it because, you know, there isn't just the flower, but there's all the various cannabinoids. And why don't we talk about how hemp is processed into various things and what some of yeah, those examples so, are. Okay, so that's like a huge, huge question there. But, okay, basically you have, okay, so your flower gets grown. Once your flower gets grown, it needs to be chopped. Then it needs to be dried. And when you start talking about like acres upon acres, it begins to get more and more uh, harder to figure out what is the best way to do it. So depending on your size will sort of dictate what solvent you're going to go for. 
And so there's basically three main options that you have. You've got your primary one, which is going to be ethanol. Ethanol is for large scale extraction. Um, followed by that is going to be uh, butane or in this industry, it's probably followed by CO2 and then butane last. Um, butane, in my opinion, we're, we're a big fan of butane here. Uh, butane is by far the, the best solvent in terms of turf retention and cannabinoid extraction. If you're doing ethanol, you're going to lose the terps and you're not really going to come out with a good extract. Um, just to briefly walk you through each one. So you basically have to get everything harvested from the field. From there, it has to be dried. And now start trying to think about like, okay, well, one acre, 2,000 plants, 2,000 plants is probably going to pull anywhere from a pound to two pounds per plant. Next thing is you're looking at 4,000 pounds per acre. 4,000 pounds per acre is a lot, is a, is, a, is a lot of flour. Even if you say average is around 2,000 pounds an acre, 10 acres, that's 20,000 pounds. Now you're like, I need to get this dried before this molds out on me or it uh and how does one how does one do that how does one have the space to even do that part that seems like that's just as hard as growing it yeah i mean you should see oregon you want to come to oregon and see like a bloodbath around like the end of october you'll see it just every year it's something different right now i mean Again, coming back to what's your output, if it's going for biomass, meaning that it's going to go to isolate or distillate, you don't really care that much. It will predominantly go through drying machines and the drying machines will, you know, guess it can be like thousands of pounds an hour done, but the ending result will be dried bud. You'll probably lose anywhere from like five to 10% of, uh, of the actual cannabinoid weights from just the extreme heats. But then you'll have your dry biomass done and dusted. If you want to go for the high end now, I mean, like in Oregon, there was a company that had like a tent the size of, you know, a football field. And the tent was, was erected and everything is hung dry. And then there's a lot of heating involved, just n not too much heat though. And it just allows it to slow dry over one to three days. Uh, hang drying is, is the most preferred option if you're going to be going for smokable flour, if you're going to be going for pre-rolls. And if you're going down the road of extraction, you know, once you get through the drying, then it is going to be, okay, what's next? And, and, and let's, let's, let's talk about this one other thing before yeah. you skip even. Now you dried it. Now you put in the thing. Mm -hmm. Now you have 20,000 pounds. How, yeah, and that's, now let's talk about this. How many trucks would it take to move 20,000 pounds? Do you know what I'm you saying? Get, yeah, you can get around 10, you can get around 10,000 pounds in a 40 foot, or sorry, in a 40 foot truck in a 40 foot container. So an 18 wheeler, you can do around 10,000 pounds in there. Uh, sometimes maybe you can push it up to like 15, but you're sort of looking at that 10 to 15,000 pounds per, uh, per 18 wheeler truck. Wow. Um, so again, the logistics, the logistics really start to add up very quickly sure. as you begin to get over a certain scale. Um, so once that's done, I mean, from there, 
everything gets put into super sacks and the super sacks will contain anywhere from like, you know, 200 to 300 pounds for super sack. So now you're talking, okay, 20,000 pounds, 100 super sacks. How do you lift that? Well, you better have it. Explain, explain what a super, like, for the layman, explain what a super sack is. Cause now you're getting like, this, uh, this okay. Is so a super sack. Yeah. So a super sack, oh, how do you start to describe a super sack? I mean, a super sack is that, right? It's a big super sack. It's uh, something that has, uh, imagine it's like a big square and the square is around like a, you know, I'll call it a four by four uh, box, but instead of it being a box, it's a super sack. So it's a thick threaded sack that uh, has on each four corners, you could put forklift um, pegs in there. That allows you to lift it up, so oh, it can have a lot right. of weight in there. So it has it has four and what at the top, so the the forklift goes yeah. to the top and then pulls it through the yeah, holes so the, and then yeah, lifts exactly. up the sack. And how much pounds fits in one of those sacks? It uh, comes back to if it's buds, you're probably talking about two hundred to two hundred fifty pounds. If it's grinded, you're talking maybe five hundred. Okay, so. Grind, do a lot of people uh, so, so tell me the difference of why people want the flour over the grinded flour you want it to smoke right you want it or you want it for pre-rolls grinded is i'm want it as condensed as possible so when i'm doing an extraction it's as tight as possible and i get the most bang for my book if you imagine if you've got a bunch of bud you might fit you know, 10, 20 pounds in a vessel. If you have it be grinded, you could maybe fit double that. But they, but they probably charge you by, by weight or no, or by, is uh, it by sack? So if yes. someone fills ground in a sack, you're getting the same deal as flour in a sack? Yeah. Yeah. Really, it comes back to weight. It comes back to cannabinoid content. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, all of this comes back to logistics. If you can get everything condensed down to a, a like, okay, instead of doing 44, instead of doing four uh, 18 wheelers, you do one, right? You saved a bunch of money there. If you're going to turn sure, everything into, sure, sure, sure. into, you know, pre-rolls, well, you want to have everything ground up. But again, when you start talking about that scale, right? Like, okay, how many pre-rolls are you going to do with, you know, 20,000 pounds a hemp. I mean, that's not happening, right? It's like, I, I often, it's like, it, I often wonder where does it all go, right? Like, how does, there's so much hemp grown. Well, and it, how much, there's a difference. So if you had 20,000 pounds, right? And you were going to turn it into liters of full spectrum oil. Yep. What would you actually get? Oh, uh, well, first you got to get everything back into grams. So 20,000 pounds, divide that by 2.2. That's like 8,000 kilograms, 8,000 kilos. And I'm not even going to get into the liters versus kilos, but uh, 8,000 kilos. And then from there, I mean, you're talking about a 10% uh, fats and lipids. So you'd drop 30%. You're coming down to around five, six. And then 10% from there. You're probably talking about like five or six hundred liters. Okay. Yeah, now, five or six hundred liters from there. Is that the best way to get the most out of your crop, money-wise, or no? 
Uh, retail and products are the best way to get the no, money. No, but if you're, I mean, if you're a farm, though, if you're a farm. If you're a farm, I mean, flour is best. Because, again, it's like if you can grow flour versus biomass, biomass is such a low pricing right now. It's like a dollar fifty to sixty-five cents a pound to a dollar fifty a pound, depending wow. on the quality. Whereas if you look at your flour, if you got good flour, you know, good flour can go from anywhere from a hundred to three fifty a pound, depending on sure. its quality. Sure. So I, I'm more of a I prefer to grow less prefer to grow less and have higher quality than grow more and deal with the headaches of dropping 20 acres or a hundred acres. And what is, what is the average biome like mass range of percentage of CBD in the flower? I think people like to think that it's like in the twenties, but it's not because you might test in the field at 20, but guess what? You just lost three points there when you removed it from the field. And then you decided to throw it into a dryer and you just lost another three points. Now you grinded it up and then you let it sit there for maybe like six months or a year before it got moved. So I would say like a high biomass would be in the like 13% range. Um, But majority, as I said, 13, 14, maybe 15. But again, it's rare. It's rare as it comes into large scale because majority of people with the large scale, you're going to just use a combine. You'll just blitz that whole entire thing, let it dry in a field and uh, the combine, the whole thing. And as I said, you come out with somewhere around that like 13% range and do the math. I mean, majority of those farmers will either do what's called a 50, 50 split which means they don't give any money. They give their biomass. The extractor keeps half. The farmer keeps half. And then they got to sell it. So, and right now, I mean, the market's at an all-time low. It's super saturated, um, at least for bulk cannabinoid production. So by that, I mean your isolates, your distillates, um, anything like that is is at an all-time low right now. Why don't we talk about the difference in the distillates because people are confused on all these things. They say CBD full spectrum, CBD broad spectrum, CBD this fucking spectrum. Like break break some of it down and what really the differences are. Sure. So uh, first things first, I mean, full spectrum can really only be that. What is full spectrum? It's literally everything removed from the plant. So that's your cannabinoids, that's your terpenes, um, even going as far as some would say maybe even the fats and lipids too. But at the baseline, you're talking about cannabinoids and terpenes. Now, when you get into THC or when you get into distillate, it sort of turns into, so you've got like full spectrum distillate is really not a thing but normally it would be something that is hot meaning that it's over 0.3 percent thc but more often than not now did, um, they, did they make an adjustment or are they talking about increasing it to five percent have you heard uh, something different states i mean oregon's going to go to one percent for the for the for the flower that's already like police have already agreed upon us um that's going to be happening i think Switzerland already has uh, 1%. I think we'll see very quickly 
the majority of the world going to one percent. I think point so three is just so, this arbitrary number. Yeah. So and so yeah. Okay, I got you. So I mean, talking about the 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 THC in Oregon, you can have up to five percent, but a full spectrum would typically be considered having all of the cannabinoids when we're talking about distillates. Broad spectrum would be not having THC in it would be considered broad spectrum. And then THC free is, you know, a non-detect is, is, is non-detect THC. So there's a little, there's a little all over the place, honestly, um, how all these terms, it's, it's sort of, it can be very hard to follow for people, honestly. And, you know, that's why, you know, it's interesting. So you could be able to answer that and clarify that for people who are interested in it. Yeah. Let's also break down that the labs can also now, outside of full spectrum, let's talk about the isolated cannabinoids that are also extracted. Yeah, and, so and I some think, of their benefits. Sure. So I think there's no question that uh, a full spectrum or a more full cannabinoid profile is always going to be better for you than an isolated uh compound so by that again coming back to like a full spectrum distillate something that has more cannabinoids there's this thing called the entourage effect the entourage effect basically means that there's this synergistic effect between cannabinoids and terpenes and they all work better together um, they're far more effective together than they are by themselves and look at it as like uh the cannabinoids open up the the lock the more cannabinoids you have, the more intricate the key can be to open. Whereas uh, isolate is just like sticking in a single key and just opening a very basic lock. Whereas the others are a very complicated lock that gets unraveled. So with isolate, I mean, isolate is just a purified compound. Typically it's crystallized. Typically it's something over, you know, 95% or so. Uh, but you predominantly want to see it in like that 989 plus range for an isolate. Um, I would say that the biggest one is obviously CBD isolate, but now we've got CBG isolate, CBN isolate, and then there's all the acidics. You got CBGA isolate, CBDA isolate, and there is more and more of them coming out. I think isolates have their role. I think it's important, especially in countries that may not allow for THC at all in products. And now what you have is uh, you can buy the isolated compounds and you could, you could uh, pour them back together, um, join them back together, excuse me. And um, that's something that people are doing. If you want to be smart, either you would, pop out if you wanted to reduce your costs let's say for remediation you would remove the cbd isolate first because you'd get a better bang for your buck imagine you took out 50 percent of your your kilogram now you're left with 500 grams if you were to pull out the cbd from two liters well now you could remediate just one liter and then when that gets back to you, you combine it all back together. So rather than just sending in two liters to be remediated, you could send in one and save yourself all the hassle. And what's the difference between isolate and water soluble? And how do, what's, how do they make that differentiate, you know? 
Yeah, so uh, isolate is 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 just that, right? Isolate is not really water soluble. There is a variety of different methods to making something water soluble. Um, more often than not, it just comes down to how big of a particle size uh, you have and how well you can get that to emulsify in something that doesn't normally take that. So that really comes back to nano encapsulation and look at nano as a way and there's all different grades of nano you know you're going from like level one that you would call nano but it wouldn't be water soluble you get down to like level three or four you're talking about you know smaller than 30 nanometers and that will go very quickly into your bloodstream and that will dilute easily into water uh, five would be a pro drug. You're talking about pharmaceuticals. So what happens is, is there it goes through a process of, of, of basically nano encapsulating it, and you can use a equipment called like a spray dryer. And the way that works is, is you have a hot gas, and you basically will feed in the solution, which would be like a water and the cannabinoid mixture, feed it, in to, um, feed it into a chamber, the hot gas comes in, it automatically turns the, the sublimates, the, ga- uh, the, the water and the cannabinoids into uh, a gas, and then basically the cannabinoids turn to a powder. Wow. And that's the, basically the long way of, of, of doing this. Now, Amazing. when that happens, when that happens, imagine that that is now turned into millions of smaller little particles rather than that being one big sure. chunk. And so the smaller the particles are, the more bioavailable it is. And the reason why you want something to be water soluble is because it goes directly into your bloodstream versus being processed through your liver. And just think about the more something gets processed, um, sorry, just got a call here, turn that off. Uh, the more, the, the more that you, sorry, uh, the more that you have, uh, sorry, I just got, um, completely discombobulated there by that call. I'll remember in future to turn off my phone, but no, coming cool. back to the water soluble and how it's better for you is, Again, coming back to you want to have smaller particle sizes that can go directly into the bloodstream as opposed to, you know, it going and being processed through the liver. And the more processing that happens for something, the more of a breakdown occurs. And so you really want to have something processed as fast as possible rather than just sitting. Can you can you smoke isolate? Hey, you, you see people smoking rocks of crack, right? I'm yeah. sure you could. Well, sure I mean, that's could, a different uh, comparison, but could you smoke? Well, I mean, diamonds, could you put right? it on I your mean, body? I yeah, mean. sorry, excuse me. Yes, of course. Of course you can. Uh, as a anything, any sort of isolates, you could dab us. But again, it comes back to really, do you want to dab an isolate? Not really, right? Because you want terps, you want flavor. Sure. And so with isolates, but is there any benefits really though? That. Is there any any benefits though, or is is you know, or are people just tossing it on weed for just a novelty? No, there's definitely. I mean, look, there, there's no question that uh, CBD is a huge anti-inflammatory. Um, you can just look up Charlotte's Web and and that whole gang over in Colorado and how it is effectively, you know, 
hugely affected uh, Drava syndrome or epilepsy, where children who have had you know seizures daily to now none at all, sure. all coming back to CBD. Sure. Um, I think it really just comes back to the dosing, and I think we need far more than what people maybe think. And because it's not psychoactive, it's not really felt as much. Sure. So, I mean, you know, I like smoking it. I mean, I'll, I like smoking a good quality hemp. I mean, it's definitely relaxing and I enjoy having a little THC in there, just a small amount, because I think it really adds to the it adds to the experience so you actually would take let's say some hemp bud maybe you know 75 percent, and then toss a little nug little nug in and mix it up uh, or what? well honestly honestly uh, you know majority of hemp is going to have you know it's very rare to, it's like a two or three percent thc in it maybe it'll have like 0.7 or something like that but more often than not it definitely has uh some tea in it so overall, overall, I mean, I prefer just smoking it as is, but that's absolutely a good way to do it is uh, for people to be able to find their own uh, cannabis and figure out what those ratios are. Because it really just comes back to the ratios, whether that's like a two to one for hemp uh, or for like, for instance, for cancer, sometimes that's going to be a two to one ratio for from THC to CBD. For others, it can be a hundred to one CBD to THC. Okay. So it's uh, it's really something that comes back to the people. But I think for a lot of people, they don't really who enjoy hemp. They don't really want to get baked. They're really looking for something to take the edge off, and they 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 want to take the edge off, and they don't want to get super high. And so CBD is really the answer for them. And I think as you made the points earlier, people maybe want to give up smoking cigarettes. They would prefer to smoke hemp than, uh, than weed because if you're smoking weed all day, I mean, you're just not going to be able to function in the same way. For at sure. least for sure. At least, at least for a lot of people, there's definitely a lot of other people who smoke cannabis daily and it works just like a charm for them. But if you're a new user, you're not going to just suddenly say, I'm going to start smoking weed all day because it's going to be difficult for you to function. Sure. At least that, excuse me. Um, at least that's for me. Um, sorry, long day here. No, it's um, got you, man. You guys are busy over at Al's, man. Uh, lots of yeah. sales, lots of things going on. But you want the, yeah. cu you want the customers and you want people to know yeah, more about sure. this plant, right? You know, and get yeah, it understanding. 100%. It's all about education. And I think once people can, once people can actually clearly figure out like, okay, what does this do for me? And uh, actually even better, what cannabinoids or what terpenes really do it for me, that is when people are going to really be able to grow. Because right now, I mean, it's just like hemp who has hemp, okay, there's some strains, great, but there's not really enough research yet that is defining certain cannabinoids. And we're learning that every day. I mean, CBDA is far better than CBD. Sure. CBDA is the non-acidic, uh, is the unactivated uh, CBD molecule. So before you get sure. 
CBD use the acidic versions. And so we do our best to have CBDA versus CBD in all of our, in all of our products. Our, for instance, our topicals are all the acidic cannabinoids. And the reason is, is because they're far more bioavailable and up to a hundred X compared to their activated, um, the activated cannabinoids that follow them. Nice. Nice. That's awesome, bro. That's so much yeah. to understand. And it's obviously, you know, a main reason why you've cared so much about all the products that you guys have over at the company, you know, cause you're, you're dealing from not, you're not just like, Oh, we're a private label, whatever. Like you're dealing with every aspect of the of the process right yeah i mean the last step which is is really growing but i'm gonna stay away from that right now it's just there's just so many other good farmers let them be good farmers there's no yeah. need for us to grow no uh, but i mean i mean else. you deal yeah. with them and you get stuff and you know what to do and yeah, you know I mean, what's know good that farmer. <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean yeah. you need to you need to yeah, i think it's important to have good relationships with people and, and support local and um we're very fortunate to be in Oregon where we have some of the best cannabis and hemp that is available. And it's really second to none or Oregon really has the best. And as I said, it comes back to the climate. It comes back to the latitude, comes back to the soil. I see this being, you know, we, we I think cannabis and hemp will definitely get their appellations. Appellations are, you know, the the definition for a certain region so think of chardonnay uh, champagne pinot sure. noir yeah 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 so yeah it will uh so oh, very, wow. yeah so i think very well um it will turn into you know hey i got this at the emerald crown yeah, everyone knows about the emerald triangle well the emerald crown is up here in oregon and, what? Uh, what? Yeah, the Emerald Crown. That's Northern Oregon Stop. going up to Grants Stop. Pass. Yeah, buddy, Stop. that's right. That's that that's was right. That's, that's the nickname, really. That's I, the Emerald I never Crown. Come on. Yeah, that's right. You'll be hearing about it more and more when you get that stamp of approval. Boom! Oh, I was at the Emerald Crown. I went to these fields, and oh, it was the best in the world. Stop. I can't Emerald. believe it. And we toured all these farms, and then yeah, we got to see some, you know, some grapevines or whatever that other wine stuff is but we're really here for all the smoke and there's going to be huge tourism from this i mean the industry as a whole like as i said at the start i think we're going to very quickly see this large scale the oils and stuff have a place but i i think it's going to be the plastics the fibers the cement crease the hemp sure. crease all of these sure. things that are going to, you know, hemp paper, guess what? It takes years and years and years for trees to grow. Hemp can be grown every season. So why would we sure. bother on the trees sure. if we could just grow hemp instead? Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, for those interested in picking up some Al's Oils products, is it mainly they can go on the website and go online? Yeah, go on the website, uh, www.owlsoil.com. Um, we always tell people, check out our YouTube channel. Just search for Owls TV Delta nice. 8. Nice. We have uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, content on there. We drop videos daily. 
and keep up to date on our Instagram. And you know, we got a lot of new products coming out in the what, next what, what six is, to eight what weeks. What is what is the Instagram? And let's get uh, Owls Oil. Yeah, just go to Owls Oil. So it's Owls on or under Secor Oil. Nice. And then let's give a quick uh, rundown of the products that you guys currently have. Sure. So right now we have our golden owl, uh, golden owl cartridges, our staple. Um, they have our botanical terpenes and our delta eight distillates. Then we we have our platinum owls, which are like your creme de la creme. Just think about you know your fine bottle of wine that you cracked after a few years. That's what the platinum owls are like. It's a flavorful experience that coats your mouth that is unlike anything else. And they are, all have cannabis-derived terpenes, all located from here in Oregon. And um, after that, I mean, and our carts are just second to none. I mean, we have our quartz coil. Our quartz coils, uh, everyone uses ceramic. Quartz is far, far, far superior. Who's dabbing off ceramic? No one. They're all using quartz. So um, we use quartz coils. And, uh, and then we also have our low temp vaping battery to go with that. And that allows you to vape it around like 1.6 volts, whereas ceramic is typically like 3.2 to 4.2 volts. Then we got our one of a kind uh, gummies. They're 50 milligrams a pop. There's 500 milligrams per pack. And they are for everyone and anyone. From marijuana users who say they can't get high off Delta 8, you will get very baked off these gummies and then we have our smokables line which is our blunts our pre-rolls our pinners and finally we have our nano capsules and our nano capsules are excellent for new users they're 10 milligrams a capsule they're super easy to get started on and it's very easy for you to dial in your dose and from there i mean that's it i mean we have a, around six new product lines coming out i'm not going to speak about them yet but they'll be coming out in the next six to eight weeks. Uh, some concentrates, for instance, will be in there just to give you a little, just to just to dabble, as a, just to give you a little, a little sneaky sneak peek. And um, and yeah, all of our products are child safe. We really self-regulated on those, and we're really setting the standards. Everything is tracked. We have can verify labels that work off the blockchain, so that everything is tracked from you know, by the time it leaves our, 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 our warehouse here. So you can buy safely and you know what you're getting. And that's something that is pretty hard to find. There's just so many fakes, so many shysters in this industry. It's important to be able to track and trace where your products come from. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. For sure. That is, that's awesome. And you said you got, you got the blunts. Did you bring up the blunts? You got the blunts? Yeah, the blunts are, again, mate tea leaf, uh, a little hint of vanilla and cocoa. And they are, they're probably the fan favorites. Pre-rolls are solid. The pinners are a little point sixes. Hey, did you ever have pinners back in the day? Uh, you know, sort of. I was always pretty wild with the herb, man. I was never really a pinner type of person, but I am familiar, yeah. I'm familiar with those. Who have You're smoking rolled, big fatties, two, two gram the, blunts. Uh, yeah. Why well, are you a blunt man? No, no, I don't like blunts. To be, I'm not a tobacco person, to be honest with you. I mean, I do yeah. like joints and stuff, but I'm a bong man. Oh, I, I'm, Jesus. <laughs> I've always been true to the bong. 
with multi-filtration. That's that's all I, I love. I could sit and smoke bongs all day long, bro. Oh, how you could do bongs like that. Oh, and yeah, what do you man. do on the go then? I mean, I don't really, on the go, it's usually, you know, I don't even worry about it because when I get to from being on the go. <laughs> the bong worked. The bong is, I go back to the bong. The it's bong, like, that's, that's my the, break. The on the go, I'm on a break. <laughs> Unless someone hands me some shit. You know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. bro, I'm, I usually bong it up and this, so I'm so good. And then when I'm out, I, you know, it's no big deal because when I return, <laughs> the bong will be there for me. <laughs> So the it's like, you know, there just waiting, yeah, yeah. you know, calling my name, yo, my brother, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did you, you left so long, I thought I was wondering if you ever come back. That's oh, that's so, priceless. That's so great. But look, Andrew, I really, really appreciate it as always. And just a small little snippet of what's coming this way. And Absolutely. there's just so many new cannabinoids, so many new products. We're just scratching the surface. Hell yeah. So we're going to queue up. Guys, look forward to the uh, next wonderful Al's Oil show that we have going on. And uh, we're always going to have great content, lots of great guests, different people to come in and hang out with us and get all this great information that we provide with Gavin, CEO of Al's Oils. You know it. You know it, my brother. And uh, I guess we, uh, we say farewell to all of our fans out there. Until next time, for sure. (laughs) Thank you, my brother. Hold on a sec. Bye-bye. Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.